Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Well, good morning. Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church. My name is Bryce. Uh, my normal role on Sundays is to help with all of our volunteer ministry teams. So that's what I normally do. But I'm really excited this morning to be able to share the message, the next message in a series called Stories to Live By, where several men in our church are going to be talking through some of the different parables that Jesus shared with his disciples. So a parable, a parable is a story that has some really helpful and relevant truth that's blended into it. And these truths, if we take them seriously, they have the potential to really impact day-to-day life, our day-to-day life for the better. Uh, So why don't we go ahead and pray, if you'd pray with me, as we get started. So let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for you. We're grateful for how you love us. Uh, We give you thanks, Lord, for how you you love us. And I just pray, God, that you would um, speak through me this morning, that this would be helpful as we dive into your word, um, as we look at what Jesus has shared with us thousands of years ago, Lord, how it still has um, the chance to really impact our life now, God. I pray that you would speak to us through your word. Um, Let us be encouraged and let us honor you in what we do, God. So we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the other day I had a conversation with my wife uh, while we were driving, and that did not go so well. So maybe maybe you can relate to this. You know, if you're not married, maybe you've had a similar conversation with a friend or something like that. But so we're in the car, you know, we're driving. So I'm driving. My wife, Shelby, she's right here next to me, you know. So I'm already doing two things at once, which can be a challenge at times, okay? So, but I'm driving, you know, we're talking. And she's just telling me a story about something. I don't even remember the subject of the conversation, you know. But I'm, you know, she's telling me. <laughs> she's telling me about something going on. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, what happened next? Oh, great, oh, oh. She said that? No way, okay, cool. And then I noticed this progression in my responses, you know. I started going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then I start hearing her just say, yeah, back to me. Yeah. 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 And then astutely, I notice some tension in the car. (laughs) I think something's wrong. You know, right? So I try and play it off, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, I was listening. (laughs) I was responding to what you were saying, you know. She, of course, knew that that was not the case. So then not long later... Same situation, I'm driving, we're talking, bad setup again, right? So, but you know, she's talking again, and I'm like, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to listen, best listener you've ever seen, right? So I'm listening, I'm asking really good questions, and then all of a sudden the yeahs just start coming again, you know, yeah. But then I catch myself, okay? This time was better, I caught myself. It's like, I'm going to ask a really important question to let her know that I was listening, you know? It was her brother? You know, so I'm like, I don't even remember what the question was. She clearly knew that my question was completely out of context. I wasn't paying attention again. But my wife is very gracious to me. Um, so we worked through it. We were okay. But I had just turned on autopilot in our conversation. I just managed to turn on the autopilot and not really engage with what was happening. Um, and I can do that. I realized later that turning on autopilot like that is really just a form of laziness. And I don't really normally think of myself as a, lazy, as a lazy person, you know, mainly because I'm so busy. I have so many things going on, you know, and I love being busy. And don't you love being busy, you know, and people say, what's going on? And you're like, I'm just so busy, you know, there's a lot of things going on. You don't want to say, you know, absolutely nothing. Nothing is happening, you know. You don't tell people, I'm busy. I have a lot of things that are going on. 
But at the same time, it can take a lot of work to keep up with a busy lifestyle. You know, it takes a lot of work to keep up with everything that you've agreed to or committed to. And so pretty soon, under the weight of it all, you're just kind of like trying to do the minimum to keep everything just afloat, just barely maintaining it all. And it's really easy then to just get into the routine and start to check out of all those things that you're really doing. And then pretty soon, if you keep this up, it can start to feel like you're a truck that's stuck in the mud. The wheels are spinning really fast. You don't really seem to be getting anywhere. And there's a term for this, and it's called lazy busy. Lazy busy exists because there's the scary truth that you can be really busy and really lazy all at the same time. Being lazy busy is like turning on autopilot and just getting through life day after day after day. It's a commitment to comfort and ease and blocking out anything that would hassle you in the moment. And most of the time, this can be really tricky to recognize because it kind of slips under the radar, under this haze of busyness. But then it eats away our days with monotony. It spoils our appetites. It makes us hard to experience things like joy and fulfillment. But at the same time, it leaves us with this deep, insatiable craving for something significant. Does this ring true for you? Are you lazy busy? And maybe you've realized there's something wrong, but you haven't really felt like the need or the pressing need to really do something about it. Deep down, though, you desire to do something significant with your life. But you know, you know, I could do so much more. But then you just don't follow through with it. And that's because there's another desire that's working behind the scenes that, feel, that feeds into lazy busy. And most of the time, it's stronger than our desire for significance. And that's the deep, insatiable, persistent craving for comfort. We just want to do what's comfortable and easy. More than a life of significance, we long for a life of comfort. And the number one enemy of comfort is being hassled by all the busy things that call for your attention. Kids can hassle you. Your job can hassle you. Your house can hassle you. Fix me, fix me, you know. I live in the Wood Street, so it's an old house. 1937 is when we're built, which is great. We love our house, but there's a lot of things, you know, right? It's always, needing, it's always hassling me with things that need to be repaired. Your spouse, your friends, anyone can hassle you. And when they start to do that, it blocks your comfort. And then immediately when you're being hassled, you want to turn on autopilot. Just engage into autopilot, autopilot into lazy, busy mode. You know, we're involved in so many things. Don't hassle me with these things that are really calling for my attention. This autopilot thing gets real for me on the drive home from work. Driving home from a long day at work. I'm about to pull in. I know as soon as I walk in that door, there's a lot of things that are going to be hassling for my attention. My, mom, my wife, um, you know, has been uh, taking care of our son all day, and she needs reinforcements. But I know that means, you know, my son's going to start hassling me for attention, to play with him over and over again, throwing the ball, whatever it is. My wife um, will hassle me, and my wife is very kind. Okay, so she's not, she doesn't hassle me. But, you know, she needs help. And so, you know, she needs help with fixing things around the house, cleaning up, doing dishes, whatever it is. She needs reinforcements. Those things are going to hassle me for my attention. And if I, don't, if I don't watch myself, then I can just want to just make it through the night. I can turn on autopilot, not engage, and just make it through to the next day. And we can easily believe the lie that this gets us the reward that we want. Ease, comfort, peace. And isn't that the dream? The hassle-free life? A theologian and author, Frederick Buchner, he describes it this way. So he says that a, a lazy, busy man may be a very busy man. He's a man who goes through the motions, who flies on automatic pilot. Like a man with a bad head cold, he has mostly lost his sense of taste and smell. You can go to the next slide. <laughs> he knows something's wrong with him, but not wrong enough to do anything about. Other people come and go, but through glazed eyes, he hardly notices them. 
He is letting things run their course. He is getting through his life. Are you just getting through life? And is that really what you want? I think deep down, we desire meaning and significance. But then in the moment, we just don't feel like doing anything. And I think this is a tension that we all face. We all deal with this in some way. We're all lazy busy in some way. Jesus has a lot to say about this dynamic that we all deal with. In fact, this whole parable brings out a lot of these issues and helps us to address our lazy busy selves. So let's dive in and find out what hope there is for us lazy busy people. So you can turn to Matthew 25 or you can follow along in your listening guide. But we're going to be in Matthew 25, uh, reading a parable of Jesus. It's called the parable of the talents. So you can go ahead and follow along. So we're going to start in verse 14. So in verse 14, it says this. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. So let's kind of set the scene for what's happening here. So there's a master who's about to go on a journey. We don't really know where he's going or how long he's going for. Uh, But it says that he gives these things called talents to some of his servants. So he entrusts it to them, and then he leaves. He he goes on his way. So the first thing to notice about these verses is that everything belongs to the master. The servants belong to him. The property belongs to him. Everything belongs to him, and everything is supposed to be used for him. The next thing are these talents. Talents. So use this word called talent. That's not something we use in this way um, that's used in these verses. So a talent um, is actually a form of money. A talent is a form of money. It's worth about 20 years wages back in that time. Um, and that's something, the equivalent of something like $600,000 in our day, right? So that's a considerable amount, amount of money. One of them was given five talents, a $3 million, something like that. And they were given that money to invest it and to make more of it. So when you think about it, if you were given $600,000 or maybe $3 million, what would you do? Maybe you would invest it in the stock market or mutual funds if you're a little more conservative, right? Maybe you'd start a business if you're really entrepreneurial. Maybe you'd buy some businesses. But you would do anything. The goal would be to produce some kind of financial return with the money that you were given. In the same way, the servants, they were supposed to do the same thing. They're supposed to produce a return for the master for whom it all belongs. So like in most parables, each of these things, it represents something else. So it's important for us to know, you know, okay, well, what do each of these things represent? So the first thing, the master, the master is God. That's an easy one to really understand. But the master represents God in this parable. And then we are the servants. So the servants are us, his disciples and followers. But then there's this talent. So what does the talent represent? So a talent represents an opportunity or responsibility that God has entrusted us to be faithful with. So think about some of the responsibilities that you have. Maybe you're a husband and father, and your responsibility and your role is to really lead your family, to sacrifice for your wife, and lead your family to honor God. Or maybe you're a wife and you're a mom. Your responsibility is to care for your children, raising them to know God and walk with Him. Or maybe it's your career. Maybe you've just started out in your career, or maybe you're several years into your career. And you can use your career to leverage um, that for God and to honor Him. Maybe it's with the financial blessings that you've received from the career that you've been working in. Or maybe you've grown kids. You're an empty nester. And you have a little bit more time on your hand than you're used to. And you can invest in the next generation. Or maybe you're a student and you're just starting in school. Um, you're on summer break maybe now. But you have the opportunity now to aggressively train um, right now where you're at. Where you can make a really great impact for the future in the kingdom. Those are some of the responsibilities that you could have. But then there's also an opportunity. And God brings opportunities all the time our way that he wants us to be faithful with. An opportunity could be something like someone that's in need. You know and you hear about someone that's in need. And you have the ability to meet that need. You have the ability to serve them and help them in some way. 
Or maybe it's a friend that's not a Christian that you've known, a coworker, a neighbor, someone like that, that you know, you know, you could share the gospel with that person. You have the opportunity there. Those are different kinds of opportunities that God brings our way. And no matter what they are, these talents or these opportunities and responsibilities are given to each of us according to our ability, is what it says in the parable. So this means that we actually have the ability to be faithful with those. God is wisely and strategically investing these things into you. And that's a really important way to think about this. As these opportunities and responsibilities that God gives us, that's God's investment in us. And God expects a return on his investment. Maybe you haven't thought of it that way before, but God really expects a return on his investment. He expects a return on his investment in me. I've been given responsibilities, a family to care for, a job to work, neighbors to meet. He expects a return on the investment that he's made in me. And he expects a return on the investment he's made in you. He's given you opportunities. He's given you responsibilities that you carry day in and day out. And he wants, to produce, he wants you to produce a return for him. And the question you're probably asking then is, well, what kind of a return? What kind of return is God looking for? If he wants to produce a return through me, if he wants me to make a return, what is he looking for? And the return that God wants us to produce are things that will advance his kingdom. So our goal is to look at how we can leverage all these things, these talents, or opportunities and responsibilities, how we can leverage them for his kingdom. And we advance God's kingdom when we obey God, when we do things his way, when we help others to know God, and we help others to grow in God. Those are ways that we can advance this kingdom. And that's the goal. That's our focus and that's our goal. And we have a goal like that, a great goal and a great objective like advancing God's kingdom. That everything else starts to fall in place. And there's not a lot of time for our lazy, busy selves to just choose comfort when we have a goal like that. But our response is the key. Our response in the day-to-day is how we achieve that goal. In the story, the servants had the opportunity to respond to the talents that they were given. So let's dive back in and find out how they responded um, to the opportunities that they were given from the master. So let's keep reading in Matthew 25, starting in verse 16. It says this, He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So there are two distinct responses from the servant. It's pretty easy to tell what's going on. So there's two servants who did what they were supposed to do. They invested the talents. They made more. And they actually doubled the return, which is really impressive to do. Um, but they invested the money right away. And then one servant went over to the side, dug a hole, and he stuck it in the ground. And he was just going to give it right back to the master when he came. He didn't do anything with it. So let's take a look at each of these responses. And we'll focus on the response of the good ones, the good servants, first. So you can, serve, you can use one word to sum up the right response. And that is faithfulness. Faithfulness is really what we're talking about here. The servants who doubled the investment were faithful to the master because they did what he asked, and they did it really well. So here's a definition of faithfulness that I think can be really helpful. So faithfulness is getting a firm grip on and making the most of the opportunities that God gives us. So faithfulness is getting a firm grip on and making the most of the opportunities that God gives us. And that's a little bit wordy can be difficult to understand. So I'm going to give you an illustration that I think will help bring out a lot of the things that are part of this, um, part of this definition. So right now it's baseball season. Baseball season is in full swing. I saw the Dodgers won yesterday. I'm not a big baseball fan, right? But if you're a Dodgers fan, I'm sure you're excited about that. But just imagine you're in a baseball field and you're about to step up to bat. Right? So being faithful is like getting a solid hit when you're at bat at a baseball game. 
All right, so there's a few things in here that we're going to talk about. There's me, the batter, there's the pitcher, um, the ball, everything out that. So everything kind of represents something, okay? So the first part of this definition, though, we'll go back, is faithfulness is getting a firm grip on and making the most of the opportunity. So getting a firm grip, that's the first part. So in baseball, when you're stepping up to the plate, you really want to make sure you have a firm grip on the bat. So here's a picture of someone who's got a firm grip. He's ready to swing. When, you're, when you have a firm grip, that means you're focused, you're engaged, What's happening in the moment? You're ready for what comes your way. You've got a firm grip. And if you're going to get a hit, then you have to have that grip on the bat. The alternative is a loose grip. You can see a picture of a loose grip, right? Who knows what's going to happen, right? You're going to hit something, but probably not the ball, right? So if you have a loose grip, you're not going to be able to do much damage. You're not going to make a good hit. You're not going to make good contact. Uh, Maybe your grip is loose because you're not really paying attention to what's going on. Maybe you just don't really care too much about hitting the ball. Whatever it is, having a loose grip is not going to let you be faithful. So the first part of faithfulness is getting a firm grip on what you need to do. Get focused on what's right in front of you. Be ready to hit the ball. So the second part of this definition is making the most of the opportunities that God gives us. Making the most of the opportunities. So in this illustration, you know, I'm at bat. I'm ready to go. Got my firm grip. But then there's the pitcher, and here's a picture of a pitcher. Right, and God is the pitcher in this illustration. God is the pitcher, and the opportunities are the ball that he's about to throw our way. And here's the thing, when you're pitching, right, when you're batting, you're never sure what kind of ball is going to be thrown your way. It's going to be a slider, it's going to be a fastball, curveball, you don't know really what's coming your way. And in a similar way, we're not sure what opportunities God's going to bring our way. They're going to come to us, and we're not really sure. We're not really sure what to expect. But if you have a loose grip on your bat, then you're definitely not going to make the most of that opportunity. You're definitely not going to hit it. But if you have a firm grip, if you have your eye on the ball, if you're ready, then you can really make good contact, make a good swing and hit the ball, and really make the most of the opportunity. And here's what's involved in good contact, because that's really important. This is a picture of someone hitting the ball, right in the power part of his swing. Uh, So all that's involved in making good contact is your skill, your experience, all the experience that you've had in the past, and even your ability to read the situation, read what's going on with the pitcher, read what's going on with the pitch in the game. And getting a good hit is really maximizing the opportunities that God gives us. So that's what it means to be faithful. That kind of captures the essence of what it means to be faithful. And faithfulness is getting a firm grip on and making the most of the opportunities that God gives us. And when we do that, we advance God's kingdom. But just like batters need good coaching to be better hitters, we need coaching on how we can be faithful with what God has given us. So think of this now like I'm your batting coach. And I'm going to give you a few tips on how you can be faithful with the responsibilities and opportunities that God has given you. So I put together this acrostic using the word fire. So a, faith person, a faithful person fires at opportunities that come their way. So when you're faithful to opportunity, you want to fire away. So that we're going to go through each letter. And you can follow along in your listening guide here. But the first letter is F. And that stands for chooses faith. So a faithful person chooses faith. This really is the first step. And what it means to choose faith, it means that you take God seriously enough to do what he says, and you trust him with the outcome. When you're faithful, when, when you're faithful to God, then that means you're going to be sacrificing your needs and wants for other people's needs and wants constantly. God's going to ask you to do that over and over again. And when you do that, you really have to trust that he's going to meet your needs in some way. You have to choose faith in the moment, sometimes repeatedly, day after day, you have to choose faith and trust that God's going to come through. So the first step of being faithful is choosing faith. The second letter, I, it stands for immediate, which means to obey and don't delay. In the parable of the servant who received five talents, he went immediately and traded with them. It says he went at once and traded with them. 
And being faithful means that you don't procrastinate. You don't wait till tomorrow. Because when we procrastinate, the things that we need to do really start to pile up. And it's really hard to be faithful with things when they really have piled up over time. The other thing about procrastinating is that we can miss an opportunity altogether. The other day I was going into the grocery store. I had my son with me. And we were just picking up a few things uh, from the grocery store. And as I was driving up, I noticed someone that was sitting right next to the side of the grocery store. It wasn't your t- a typical person who may be asking for money right outside. Uh, but this person was, you know, kind of bent over. She was sunburned. She had a bike next to her. Her head was down. You know, a little bit unusual. And I just thought, you know, I should talk to her. I should just see, you know, hey, is everything okay? Find out what's going on. And immediately after I had that thought, I had all these other thoughts about why I shouldn't do that. You know, oh, it could be really awkward. Or what will people think of me as I'm talking to her? You know, it could just be really uncomfortable. There are other thoughts too could have come to mind. Like maybe I just don't have enough time to do that right now. Or I'm too busy with all the different things that are going on in my life. So I just kept walking right through the doors. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. And as I was shopping, God kind of convicted me about that. He said, you know, Bryce, you really should have talked to her. You should have just talked to her. Find out what's going on. So I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to commit to doing that. Decide right now I'm going to commit to doing that. And, and as soon as I walk out, I'm just going to go talk to her. So I got my stuff, checked out at the line. I started wheeling outside of the grocery store. I looked to the left where she was sitting, and she was gone. She had left. It was as if I was standing over home plate, and the ball had come right through the strike zone, and I didn't even swing. And I don't know what would have happened. You know, it could have just been a really small conversation. could have led to nothing or it could have been really significant. I'm not really sure what could have happened. But whatever it was, I missed the opportunity because I didn't act immediately on what God was leading me to do. I, faithfulness, it means that we're immediate. We act immediately. R, the next letter, R is for risk. Someone that takes risks. And this one is really hard for me too. It's hard for me to take risks. And there's two really aspects and parts of risk. One of them is the risk of, you know, uncertainty. I'm not really sure what the outcome is going to be. I'm not sure how this is going to really turn out. And the other part of risk is this risk of wasted effort. You know, we really want to make sure, well, I don't want to really put in all the hard work if I don't know what the outcome is going to be. So I don't want to risk all that wasted time or wasted effort. But that's like refusing to swing because you don't think the pitch is going to be a home run. You can win a lot of games with base hits. Just consistent hits, base hit after base hit. You can win a lot of games after you do that. So don't just look for the home runs. Look how you can be faithful in the little things. Take a risk. You may waste some effort, but that's the only way that you're going to produce a return over time. E, E is for effective. So you really want to be effective. Effort alone is not enough. Effort is really important. It's really important to try hard. You've got to work hard in order to produce something. But you also want to be effective. And this means that you want to choose wise strategies. And the best way to do this is to get advice from other people. Uh, just like the servants in the story, they were effective at producing a return. They doubled the investment that they were given. It is really hard to double the money that you've been given now. Can't imagine what it was like to do it back then, right? So um, you have to be effective at your strategy. The best way to do that, though, is ask advice. Ask from wise people who've been there before, who've been in similar situations, who know principles, who know God's word, who walk with God. Ask them for advice, and they can really help you in the moments, in the situations that you're faithful, that you're in, that you can be faithful in those. And the last letter is S. And S stands for this. S is means to start small. And this is almost a sum of it all. But the battle for faithfulness is won and lost in the little things. That's it. Faithfulness is a battle for the little things. Because we can always convince ourselves that something is small and insignificant. Oh, it's just a little thing. It's really not that big a deal. It's just one more quiet time that I'm going to miss. I can put it off till tomorrow. It's just 15 more minutes of sleep. It's 30 more minutes of sleep. It's an hour of sleep. 
I don't really need that job anyways, you know, right? Whatever it is, start small. Um, What about this one? That person wouldn't have really responded to the gospel anyways. It was just a small offense. They'll get over it. It was just a few dollars. Nobody's going to notice. Right, and I bring up all these thoughts because I've had those thoughts. I've had these thoughts before. And those are really the small things. That's where the battle for faithfulness is won. So faithfulness starts small. A faithful person fires at opportunities that God gives. The other response was not faithful. The other servant, what he did is he just put his talent in the ground. He didn't invest it. He didn't do anything with it. He just dug a hole and he buried it in the sand. And maybe he did that out of fear. He was overwhelmed by uncertainty. He just didn't know what, was, what to expect. And so out of fear, he just hid it in the ground. Maybe his laziness. Maybe he just refused to work. He didn't want to put in all the hard work that was going to be required in order to make a return on his investment. Or maybe it was pride. Maybe he just was too prideful to ask, you know, where do I even start with this? I don't even know what to do. Maybe pride was blocking him from being faithful. Or a kid of comparison. He could have thought, man, Jim was given five talents. I'm only given one. If... I, if I was given five talents, then maybe I really could produce a return. I can actually do something with five talents. But just because I'm given one means I can't really do much. And if this is your struggle, I struggle with this. Comparison is really hard for me. And you can waste your life wishing you had the abilities and opportunities that someone else has. You can waste it. You can stand there with your eyes fixed on another player and not even realize that you're at bat. So faithfulness fires away at opportunities. So you may be thinking now, okay, I know God wants me to be faithful. I I get that. I see that in this story, you know, this parable. I'm supposed to be faithful. I'm supposed to produce a return. But this really sounds like a lot of work. This sounds like a lot of work to be faithful with the responsibilities that God's given me. And so you may be thinking, well, why is it worth it? Why should I give up my lazy, busy life to be faithful? So let's keep reading and let's find out. So in Matthew 25, verse 19, it says this. It says, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward. He brought his five talents, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And what the answer to that question really comes to, why is this worth it, is it really comes down to the reward. Faithfulness is rewarded richly. And there are three ways, really, that that you can see in this passage that faithfulness is rewarded. The first one is recognition. The master tells the servants that they've done a good job. Well done, good and faithful servant. And we just love recognition. We love when people praise the things that we do. They say, hey, you did a great job. Especially guys, us guys, you know, one of the biggest needs for us is the need to be competent in this world. And so when someone that we respect especially says, you did a great job, that just means so much to us. That means so much. That, that reward is so worth it. And what we're talking about here. We translate this over to life. Is we're talking about really the deep things of life that we're going to be recognized for. The things like, you know, was I a good and faithful friend? Was I a good dad? Did I do a good job there? Did I do good at my work? You know, it was really hard. It was hard. My boss was difficult. But, you know, was I actually faithful there? Did I honor God there? Those are the things that we're talking about. What we want to hear in the end is that God says, yes, well done. You did a good job. 
And the real thing about this is God is really the only one that can answer that question truthfully. We can't even answer that question truthfully. Sometimes we're not sure. How, how are we doing right now? But God knows everything. He's the standard and judge of everything. And what we want to do is when we stand before him, we want, we want him to say, yes, well done. You did it well. You did it according to my word. And that's the recognition that we're talking about. That's the reward that we're talking about. So the being faithful is how we hear that response. The second part of the reward is this. It's rejoicing with the master. In the parable, the master invites the servants into his joy. And he says, enter into the joy of your master. Psalm 1611, it says this, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And this is the truth, is that true and lasting joy is only found in knowing God and walking with God. Choosing comfort, that's the choice that we have, is whether we're going to choose lasting joy or momentary comfort. And choosing that comfort in the moment is like trading fast food for a steak dinner that we have to wait a few hours for. Sure, fast food is really immediate, tastes good in the moment, and it can be pretty satisfying sometimes. But we know that later on it's going to wear off. It's not going to be as good. Whereas the steak dinner is going to be so much more enjoyable, so much more fulfilling. So don't choose fast food. Really wait for the lasting joy that comes from knowing God. The reward is worth the wait. The last part of this is more responsibility. He rewards a job well done with even more responsibility. Those who are faithful with a little are given much. Luke 16.10 really explains this to us. And this is partly why it's so important to be faithful in the little things. Because, you know, we, we crave significance. We crave to do something great with our lives. We get inspired by great things. And we want to do something great too. But we'll never have the opportunity to do something great if we're not faithful with the little things that are right in front of us. God will not entrust those things to us because we haven't proved faithful. But as we prove faithful in the little things, God will allow us to do these great and significant things with our life. And we can really make a lasting impact. We can make a difference for God's kingdom. Faithfulness is rewarded with more responsibility. So the question to ask yourself is, what reward am I working towards? What reward are you working towards? Is it comfort? Is it to not be hassled? Is that the reward that I'm going to get? Or is it a reward that's truly going to last? That it's going to be fulfilling? It's going to be recognition from God that says, well done, you did a good job. Choose the reward that comes from God, the reward that really lasts. I'd like to invite the worship team back onto the stage. And as they come up, what I want us to do is kind of do a quick audit of your responsibilities. We talked a lot about responsibilities and opportunities, how to handle them faithfully. It's really helpful to sort of just think through, okay, well, what are, what's on my plate right now? What are the responsibilities that I have that are on my plate? And what can I do about them? Think of this like getting on deck and getting a firm grip on your bat as you're stepping up to the plate to start hitting the ball. So I'm going to ask you some questions that can kind of help stir in your mind ways that you could be faithful with some of the roles and responsibilities that you have. So the first one, maybe it's your relationship with God. You can think about your relationship with God. Have I been prioritizing my relationship with God? Have I been having a quiet time? Have I been spending daily time reading the Bible and praying? Um, or have I, been, have I been putting that off? Or maybe this, has God been asking me to do something that I've been refusing out of fear or laziness? Maybe this role, maybe it's your husband, your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or maybe just a friend. Am I putting the others' others' goals and interests before my own, or am I just expecting that to do that for me? What about this? Am I holding on to bitterness that I really should forgive from the other person? Maybe there's something that someone's continually asking me to do that I just have refused to do out of laziness. Maybe it's your work life. Am I approaching my work with faithfulness, doing even the meaningless projects with diligence? 
Am I helping out? Am I being a team player? Um, or am I just really looking out for myself? Am I easy to lead or do I make it really difficult for my boss? And maybe you're a parent. Have I been on autopilot with my kids and not really engaged? Or is there some discipline issues I need to address with my children that, that I keep putting off just out of being, um, out of being lazy or slack-handed? Maybe it's church. How can I volunteer? How can I help serve at church? There's always needs. There's needs, especially in the summer. How can I contribute and really help advance God's kingdom? There's also a really great opportunity that all of us have. And it's this, how can I contribute to the building and expansion fund? Right now we're in the middle of, of preparing for what God has for us. Preparing for the opportunity. It's like us together. We're getting a firm grip and getting ready. And this is an opportunity that we all get to be a part of. So what does it look like for you to be faithful with it? And this opportunity is directly linked to advancing God's kingdom. This is like a tool that we can all use together, this building, and we're preparing for. It's a tool that we can use together to really advance God's kingdom. And I don't want to be caught with my talent in the sand when I could have used it to push back the darkness. So what would it look like for you to be faithful today? And the reward is worth it. Imagine if all of us together, we took that seriously, and in all the small situations that we face this week, we handle it with faithfulness. Imagine what a reputation for God we would help to build. We would make a relationship with Christ look really attractive if all of us together just chose to be faithful in the little things that we encountered this week. So there's a few next steps that you can look at on your your, um, listening guide. And the first next step is this, is what is one way I can be faithful in my responsibilities? We did a responsibility audit. So what's one way I can be faithful with those? The second one is this, commit to buying up an opportunity to serve someone this week. Maybe God will bring you, ask for God to bring you an opportunity to serve someone and then take advantage of the opportunity when it comes. And the third one is this, consider how I can contribute to the building and expansion fund. All right, let's go ahead and pray. And we'll continue on with our service. Father, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that you have entrusted us with responsibilities and opportunities. God, we can't believe it. We know our hearts. We know who we are. And, and God, you, you give us chances. And we know you're wisely and strategically investing those things in us, God. Help us to produce a return. Help us to produce a return that's not for us, but it really is for you. It's for advancing your kingdom. Because we know, Lord, that the reward is worth it, God. We are so grateful that you reward us. That you give us things. like You you allow us to experience you more and know you more, Lord. We're so grateful that you do, God. I just pray, Lord, help us to overcome fear, laziness, pride, comparison, all those things. Help us to overcome those things, to be faithful with you, to you, and the little things that we have this week. God, we're grateful. We pray that we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Bryce. Very helpful this morning. I don't know about you, but I've struck out before in baseball. Actually, this was slow-pitch softball, and I have struck out, and that's not a good feeling. And So I'm compelled by that image not to strike out with my life. Um, we're going to wrap up the service in, in a moment. Would you finish filling out that connection card that you've started uh, earlier in the service? Again, we'd love to know that you were here today. Uh, we'd love to follow up with you and connect you to an event that may have piqued your interest or just to pray for you if you wrote a prayer request on the back. So uh, use that to, to inform us and, and turn that into the offering basket. If you're prepared to give to the offering, you can use the giving envelope that's in your program. Uh, and there's other ways to give as well. Uh, as a 
as a church, as a ministry, uh, as we stay on mission, we're just fully funded by those that give here and, and are using their talents and their resources uh, to advance God's kingdom through OCC. And so thank you for your faithfulness that you've displayed in supporting us on mission. And um, ushers, you can come and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And as they come, let me uh, give a quick update. Bryce mentioned um, this phase that we're in. We're preparing for what God has next for us regarding finding a permanent and visible property. Uh, we're a portable church and, and we're preparing to not be portable. Um, and so we formally launched into this phase eight days ago. This was June 15th. We announced this phase that we're in. Since then, listen to this, $18,000 $18,289 has come in in eight days. Uh, upfront sacrificial gifts. People responding to uh, this phase that we're in. We're preparing. Um, so the total fund is just under $195,000 towards this building and expansion fund. Now we've set an aggressive goal of $500,000 by August 31st because we truly believe God can provide that. And that's in 10 weeks. We really believe God can provide that in the next 10 weeks. And there's a lot of reasons, I'll say briefly, a lot of reasons that, that we are aggressively preparing uh, for this. For starters, we think it's the direction God is leading. God has been clear about that. But we've also gained really more specific vision about why this is prudent for us uh, to purchase a property. And let me give you just briefly a few reasons why. Okay, number one, permanence. We want to communicate to our neighbors that we're here to stay. Number two, visibility. We want people to be able to find us. And then number three, gaining, and maybe more importantly, gaining a ministry advantage. And think about that. We want to gain an advantage in doing our mission. We want to minimize the limitations uh, as many as possible to carry out the mission that God has given us to do. And so we'd love to share more with you about this if you have questions. We have really sharp flyers, glossy and shiny. So come and get one if, if you want the shiny version or if you just haven't received it yet. They're on the back table. We also have a table in the lobby where you can come and ask questions about this phase that we're in and about building and expanding. And so lastly, if, as a reminder, switch gears. If you're our guest, we would love to meet you out in the lobby as well. So when the service closes, come out there. We'll say hi to you and give you that coffee mug. Um, so would you please stand? We're going to respond to the Lord uh, by singing back to him.
Good morning and welcome, Orange Crest Community Church. This is your five-minute warning. Our service will start shortly, so if you want to make your way into the worship center, grab some coffee or a beverage and make your way in, we look forward to seeing you soon.
morning, OCC. Good morning and welcome. Happy Sunday. This is the last Sunday in June. Do you guys believe that? Summer is upon us. It's moving fast. It's getting hot. Um, but we're excited to be here with you. Thanks for choosing to be here with us this morning at OCC. And just excited to worship along with you as we set our, our sights, our attention, and our hearts to the God who is very faithful to us. And he promises never to leave us nor forsake us. And so we're going to worship him for all that he has done. He's faithful. He is faithful. So let's stand together as we begin this morning. I encourage you all to sing along. No 
Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the truth that we just sang. God, we really can depend upon you. Lord Jesus, you are truly everything that we need. Lord, we say that you're enough this morning, and we ask, God, that you would you'd speak to us even now, Lord, as we uh, sing the truths of these songs. Um, these are not just an opportunity for us to sing uh, together, but these, these are eternal truths about a God who is very much present right now, God, and you're for us. You know every circumstance we find ourselves in, good and bad, and, and we can really depend upon you. And you promise to provide power and resources for those who trust in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the power that you've given us in him and the hope, Lord. And so we uh, turn ourselves to you again. We thank you, God. You speak as we open up your word and as we sing in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, good morning. Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church. What a thing to declare, by the way, that God will never let us down. That's a really meaningful, there's a lot behind that statement when we can say that, and it's because God is good. So I'm, I was thinking that as we sang that together. It's a joy to worship with you all this morning. Um, by the way, my name's John. I'm on staff here, one of the pastors at OCC. If this is your first time with us, we'd especially like to say welcome to you. We're really glad that you're here this morning, and we'd love to meet you. So once the service ends, we would invite you back. There's an info table in the lobby. So just swing by there, and we'll shake your hand and give you a gift. Uh, it's this coffee mug with our logo on it, our way of saying thanks for being with us today, uh, and we would just love to meet you that way. Everyone should have received a program when you came in, a little packet of info. Would you open that up? And first, let me ask you to take this card out. This is our connection card, blue and orange card. Fill out your name and email on the front of this, and then just drop that in the offering basket at the end of the service. I'll remind you about that. But this is our way to know you are here today. There's a backside to that card as well, where you could leave a prayer request or sign up for an event or request request some info about something, but this is just a tool for us to know how to help you get involved or to know how to pray for you. So notice the backside of that card as well. Before we move on in our service, let me highlight a couple of things going on even today and in this week and in the next coming weeks. Uh, the program has full details of these events, by the way, but let me mention uh, briefly one today, there's a, an event called Search and Rescue. This is an evangelism training event uh, today from 1 to 3 p.m. back here at the community center. So so grab some food and come back. Um, but this is an event that what it is is we just acknowledge for those that follow Jesus and have received him as the boss of our lives, we've been rescued by that, uh, by that decision. And so we want to be a part of uh, God using us to help rescue others. And so we're going to talk about that. There's more details in your program, but we invite everyone back to that today at one o'clock here. Also, mom-to-mom pool days have uh, started up again. The sun is hot, and so the pool is cool, and the moms and kids are getting together. Check the details in your program for that, but that's on Tuesdays, uh, just a fun way to, to connect. And there's a small fee for that to get into the pool, so notice that in the program. Also, there's a 50s plus dinner event coming up. This is this Saturday, coming up on Saturday on the 30th. Uh, time to meet other people, connect, build friendships, and talk about uh, making an impact in God's kingdom. And so uh, there's an American, or it's a patriotic-themed American meal. Uh, I don't know what the menu is, but that excites me to think about that. So if that's you and you want to attend, uh, sign up on your connection card for the full details uh, for that event. And then... Last two announcements, one for men and one for women. So first, let's do ladies first. I was going to do it the other way, but, but ladies first. Mark your calendars, ladies. There's a women's retreat, September 7th through 9th. Okay, so more details will come for that, but we want to get you that date as early as possible to mark on your calendar uh, for that women's retreat. Uh, it's been a great event in the past. I know women, ask women who have gone, and they'll tell you, please mark that date, save the date, and, and look for the details to come for that. And then men. Uh, breakfast, July 14th. Enough said. Men's breakfast. There'll be a good connecting over breakfast and check the details. Mark that date in your calendar. Uh, and, and you can use your connection card to sign up for any of those things and we'll send you some more detail. All right, that's it for the announcements. Would you stand? We're going to continue with our service and singing. And I'll pray. Pray with me. Dear God, we do um, recognize... Uh, that you are worthy of our trust, God. We, you will not let us down as we sang. And that's such a significant thing for us to say, God. But it's true because you are good and you love us. You are faithful to us, God. 
And uh, you give us the chance at a life that is full of hope and meaning as we make decisions big and small to follow you. And so I pray, God, that you would just draw us to yourself today. Would you, uh, as we open your word and look in at this parable today, would you speak to us, God? You are good, and so you want to help us. So help us to see what it is you have for us today and, and our right response uh, to you. Right now we continue to sing and praise you. We thank you, God, for how good you are and how much you love us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church. Uh, my name is Bryce, and my normal role on Sundays is to help with all the different volunteer ministry teams that we have. Uh, but this morning, I'm really excited to be able to, to share the next message in our series called Stories to Live By, where several men in our church have been walking through a few of the parables that Jesus shared uh, with his disciples that are found in the Bible. Um, and a parable, just so you know, a parable is a story that has some really relevant truth that's blended into it. And if we take these truths seriously, then it has the potential to really impact and change our day-to-day life for the better. So before we get started, why don't we go ahead and pray, uh, if you'll pray with me, and just ask for God's help this morning. Um, So let's pray. Uh, Father, we're so thankful for you. Uh, We give you thanks, Lord, for all that you've done for us. We're thankful that you're a God of mercy who gives us so much mercy and grace. And so we just thank you for that, Lord, and I pray, God, that um, you would help us all. Um, As we talk through your word, Lord, help us to know how we can obey um, and put this into practice in everyday life, God. I just pray you're honored um, by my thoughts and by what I say, God. Um, Pray you speak through me. And Father, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the other day I had a conversation with my wife um, that did not go so well. Okay, so maybe, you know, you can relate, or, you know, if you're not married, you probably had a similar conversation with a friend. Right, so we're driving in the car, and I'm driving. You know, my wife's right here, right? So I'm already doing two things, which is hard enough, okay? So I'm doing two things, but but we're going, right? So I'm driving in the car, and she's talking to me, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, what happened next? Oh, yeah, oh, great. Oh, oh, and, and what'd she say? Oh, cool, you know, right? But then I start to notice this progression that happens in my responses, you know? So I start to answer something like this, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And then all of a sudden I start hearing him say back, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, what's going on? And then astutely, I sense some tension in the car. <laughs> Something's happening right now. You know, so I try and play it off. Like, oh, I was paying attention the whole time. I was just, you know, saying, yeah, you know, right? But she knew that I was clearly not. Anyway, so a little bit, long, a little bit later, a new day, you know, we're driving in the car again. I should really change the setup, right? But I'm driving, Shelby's talking, my wife. And she's talking to me, and I'm like, I'm going to listen so well right now. not going to believe how good I'm listening, right? So I'm going to listen really well. So I start asking really good questions, and then sure enough, within a few minutes, you know, I start to like zone out, and I'm just saying, yeah. But then I catch myself, right? I'm like, I caught it. Okay. I haven't been listening. (laughs) I'm going to ask a really good question, you know? It was her brother? You know, I don't know what I said exactly. I can't remember the conversation. Uh, But clearly my wife knew that the question was out of context. Didn't make any sense. Wasn't paying attention. And my wife was very gracious. We figured it out. You know, we worked through it. But I had just realized I turned on autopilot completely in that conversation. 
sort of disengaged, wasn't really active in, in what was going on with my wife. Um, and I can do that. I can turn on autopilot. And I realized later on that turning on autopilot is actually a form of laziness. It's actually a form of laziness. And I don't normally think of myself as a lazy person, mainly because I think I'm just so busy, you know? Like, I'm busy. And I love being busy, you know? Don't you love being busy? Someone comes up to you and says, hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, I'm just so busy. Things are going crazy. (laughs) You know, you don't want to say, like, I don't have anything going on right now. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. You know, you want to tell people, yeah, it makes you feel important. It makes me feel significant when I say, oh, yeah, I've got a busy life. I'm involved in a lot of things. There's a lot going on. But, you know, it takes a lot of work to be busy. It takes a lot of work to be handling those things faithfully and well. And pretty soon, as you're committed to so many things, you start just kind of keeping things up in the air. You kind of do the minimum to make sure that they're still going, but you're not really doing very well in any of them. And pretty soon, if you do that, it can really start to feel like you're a truck, stuck in the mud. The wheels are spinning really fast, but you don't really seem like you're going anywhere. So there's a term for this, and it's called lazy busy. So lazy busy exists because there's the scary truth that you can be really busy and really lazy all at the same time. Being lazy busy is like turning on autopilot and just getting through life day after day after day. It's a commitment to comfort and ease and blocking out anything that would hassle you or get in the way of that. And most of the time, this can be really tricky to recognize because it kind of slips under the radar, under this haze of busyness. But then it eats away at our days with monotony makes it really hard to enjoy things. It spoils our appetites. makes us hard to find fulfillment. But at the same time, we have this deep, insatiable craving for significance. We want to do something great with our life. Does this ring true for you? Are you lazy busy? And maybe you've realized that there's something wrong, but you just haven't really felt like doing anything about it. Deep down, you desire to do something significant. You know you could do more, But you don't follow through. And that's because there's another desire that's working behind the scenes that really feeds into this lazy, busy mindset. And most of the time, it's stronger than our desire for significance. And that's the deep, insatiable, persistent craving for comfort. We just want to do what is comfortable and easy. More than a life of significance, we long for a life of comfort. And the number one enemy of comfort is being hassled by all the busy things that call for your attention. Kids can hassle you. Your boss can hassle you. Your house can hassle you. You know, fix me, fix me. I, have a, I live in the Wood Street in Riverside. Our house was built in 1937, so there's a lot of things that are wrong. There's always things that hassle me with my house, right? Your friends, your spouse, anyone can hassle you and call for your attention. And being hassled immediately makes you want to turn on autopilot. Disengage, do the minimum, just get through it, and then keep moving on. This autopilot thing gets really real for me when I start driving home from work. You know, I've had a long day of work. My work is typically pretty fast-paced, and so I've had a long day of work. But then I get home, and my wife, who's been home with our kid, our son, who is very fast-paced, he's very wild and crazy, and we love him, you know. So, uh, But he's very fast-paced. And I know as soon as I walk in that door, I mean, a lot of things are going to hassle me for my attention. And if I'm, if I'm not careful, I can start to get these thoughts before I walk in, you know. Like, don't hassle me with playing ball again and again and again, throwing the ball over and over again. Or don't hassle me, wife, about cleaning something up. And my wife is very kind and, and compassionate. So don't, don't hear me say that she's not, right? But she needs help. She needs me to help her out. And those things are going to hassle for my attention. Don't hassle me about the bills I need to take care of. Don't hassle me about the repair that I still haven't made on our house or the backyard I haven't fixed. Don't hassle me with all those things. And you can just turn on autopilot not engage, and make it through the night to the next day. 
And we believe the lie that this gets us the reward that we want. Ease, comfort, peace. And isn't that the dream? The hassle-free life? A theologian and author, Frederick Buchner, he, he describes it this way. He says that a lazy, busy man may be a very busy man. He is a man who goes through the motions, who flies on automatic pilot. Like a man with a bad, bad head cold, he, mostly, he has mostly lost a sense of taste and smell. He knows something's wrong with him, but not wrong enough to do anything about. Other people come and go, but through glazed eyes, he hardly notices them. He is letting things run their course. He is getting through his life. Are you just getting through life? And is that really what you want? I think deep down we all desire meaning and significance. But in the moment, we just don't feel like doing anything. And I think this is a tension we all face in our own way. We're all lazy busy in our own ways. But Jesus has a lot to say about this dynamic that we all deal with. In fact, this whole parable that we're going to walk through today deals with this issue of being lazy busy and how we can deal uh, with these issues in a really helpful way. So let's dive in. And see what hope there is for us lazy, busy people. You can turn to Matthew 25, or you can follow along on your listening guide that you have. But we're going to be talking through a parable called the Parable of the Talents that Jesus shared with his disciples. So you can follow along, and we're going to start in verse 14. It says this, For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. So let's kind of set the scene for what's happening here. So you have a, a master who's giving some of his property to some of his servants. He's about to go off on a journey. We're not sure where he's going or how long he's going to be gone for, but he's about to go on a journey, so he gives some of his property to his servants. He says, here you go, trust it to them, and then he leaves for an undisclosed time. So the first thing to notice about these verses is that everything belongs to the master. The servants belong to him. The property, the talents belong to him. Everything belongs to him. So everything is supposed to be used for his purposes, for his goals, uh, for him. The next thing are these talents. Well, a good question is, well, what are these talents exactly? We don't really use it in the same way that it was used in this story. So a talent is actually a form of money. Um, it's about 20 years wages um, back in that time, which is something today, something like $600,000. That's quite a bit of money. $600,000 is quite a bit. You know, one guy got five talents, that's $3 million. You can do a lot of damage with $3 million. And they were given that money to invest it. So think about it. If you were given $600,000 or $3 million, what would you do with that money? Maybe you'd invest it in the stock market to try and produce a return. Maybe you'd start a business if you're really entrepreneurial. Maybe you'd just buy a business, start to build a return. Whatever you would do, your goal would be to produce some kind of financial return. The servants, they were supposed to do the same thing. They were supposed to produce some kind of financial return for the master. So like in most parables, each of these things, it represents something else. Uh, so it's important for us to know exactly what, what the different things represent in this story. So the first thing is the master. The master is God. That's pretty easy to understand. Right? The master in this parable is God. And the servants are us. We're the servants. So we know our role. But then a talent. A talent represents an opportunity or responsibility that God has entrusted to us to be faithful with. So it's an opportunity or responsibility that God's entrusted to us. So when you think about some of the responsibilities that you have, maybe your responsibility is your role as a husband or father. You're supposed to lead your family, sacrifice for your wife for their benefit and their good. Or maybe you're a wife and mom and, you're, and your job is to raise your kids to know God and walk with God. Or maybe it's your career. You're just starting. Or maybe you've been in your career for years and years, 20 plus years. 
But you can leverage that to use it for God in some way, whether it's through the financial blessings you've gotten from it or just for other purposes that you can use through your career. Or maybe you've grown kids, they're out of the house now, you have a little bit more time on your hands than you're used to, and you have the chance to invest in the next generation. Or maybe you're a student, you're in school right now, you're on summer break, which is great, but you have the chance now to aggressively train so that your life can make a really lasting impact for God. Those are some of the responsibilities you could have. But it also could be an opportunity. An opportunity is something that God brings our way that He wants us to be faithful with. It could be someone that's in need that you really could bring a meal to or serve in some way that you know of. Or maybe it's a friend, a friend that's not a Christian. They don't know God. And you have the opportunity to share the gospel with them, to talk to them about who God is and help them learn to walk with God. So it could be your responsibilities and opportunities. No matter what they are, these talents or opportunities and responsibilities, they are given to us according to our ability. That's what it says in the story. It's given to us according to their ability. Which means this. It means that God is wisely and strategically investing these things in you. And that's a really great perspective to have when you think about your opportunities. Is that these are God's investment to you and God expects a return on his investment. God expects a return on his investment that he's making in you. He expects a return on his investment in me. He's given me the responsibility of being a father and a mother. Not a mother. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> Took a weird turn. Okay, so... It's going to be the responsibility of being a father and a husband. Uh, my role is to really lead them well. A job that I have. The neighbors that I have. And he expects a return on investment in you. He's given you responsibilities. He's given you opportunities. And he really wants you to produce a return with the life that you have. And the question that you're probably asking then at this point is what kind of a return is God looking for? If he's invested this in me, well, what kind of a return? How do I produce a return for him? And the return that God wants us to produce are things that are going to advance his kingdom. That's the goal. Our goal is to look at how we can leverage all of these things for how we can really advance God's kingdom. And we advance God's kingdom when we obey God, when we live life His way, when we do things His way, when we help others come to know God, and we help others grow in God. That's the goal. And it's so important to have the right goal, because when we have the right goal of helping advance God's kingdom, then everything else starts to kind of fall in place in the right way. And we don't have time to be our lazy, busy selves when we have such a great goal like advancing God's kingdom. And our response is the key. Our response in the day-to-day situations that we face is really the key of how we hit that goal. Just like us, the servants, they had the opportunity to respond um, to what the opportunity they were given by the master. So let's jump back into the passage and find out what they did with the talents that were given to them. So let's keep reading in Matthew 25. In verse 16, it says this. It says, He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents, he made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent, he went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. There are two distinct responses from the servants. It's pretty easy to see what's going on here. So two of the servants, they did really well. They doubled the investment, which is really impressive to do. They doubled the investment that they were given. And then you have the other servant who was unfaithful with with the opportunity that he was given. He just dug a hole and then hid his talent in the ground to give it back to the master when he returned. So let's take a look at the response of the good servants first. And you can use one word to sum up the right response in this situation, and that is faithfulness. Faithfulness is really what we're talking about here. The servants who doubled the investment were faithful to the master because they used what he was given, and they produced a return. And they did it well. So here's a definition of faithfulness that I think can be helpful. So faithfulness is getting a firm grip on and making the most of the opportunities that God gives us. Faithfulness is getting a firm grip on and making the most of the opportunities that God gives us. So that's wordy. 
It's a little bit convoluted. So I'm going to give you an illustration that I think really helps paint the picture of what it means to be faithful. So right now it's baseball season. Uh, baseball season's going on. It's in full swing, if you will. And so just imagine being faithful is like getting a solid hit when you're at bat at a baseball game, right? So there's different elements that are involved. There's you, who's the batter. There's the pitcher who's going to throw the ball, right? All these things kind of represent something, right? But the goal is to get a solid hit when you're right at bat, and that's being faithful. So the first part of this definition, if you can go back to the definition, is this, is getting a firm grip on. So faithfulness is getting a firm grip on, right? So that's the first step in this. Just in baseball, you want to get a firm grip on the bat that you have. So you can see that picture of the guy getting a firm grip on his bat. So getting a firm grip means that you're focused, you're engaged in the moment, you're ready for whatever's about to come. That's getting a firm grip. You're ready to go. So if you're going to have a hit, you really want to have a firm grip on your bat. So when the opportunity comes, you're ready to swing. The alternative is a loose grip. This is what it looks like to have a loose grip, right? You're hitting something, but not the ball, right? So, But you don't have a loose grip. And maybe you have a loose grip because you're not really paying attention to what's going on. Maybe you don't really care about hitting the ball. You don't really care about what's happening. But if you have a loose grip, you're definitely not going to make good contact with the ball when it comes your way. So the first part of being faithful is getting a firm grip. It's being ready. I'm focused. I'm ready for whatever it is that's coming my way. The second part of this definition is this. It's making the most of the opportunities that God gives us. Making the most of the opportunities that come. So in the illustration, God is the pitcher and the ball is the opportunity. So you can see a picture of a pitcher right here. He's about to throw the ball. He's about to throw it really fast. And that's going to come down your way. And here's the thing about opportunities, or even when you're at bat, you never quite know what kind of a ball you're going to get when the pitcher's throwing the ball. Is it going to be a fastball? Is it going to be a curveball? A slider? You're never really exactly sure what's happening. In the same way, we're never quite sure what kind of opportunities God is going to bring our way. But one thing we do know, if you have a loose grip on your bat, you're definitely not going to hit the ball. You're not going to be ready for it. You're not going to make good contact. But if you have a firm grip, if you have your eye on the ball, if you're ready then you can really make a good swing and make really good contact. And this is what good contact looks like. Right there, it's in the power part of his swing. He's able to hit that really hard. And what's involved in good contact is something like your skill, your experiences, all the experiences you've had in your past, the training that you've gone through, and your ability to read the situation, read how the pitcher's throwing it, read how the ball's coming. All those things are involved in getting good contact with the ball. And when you get a good hit, that's maximizing the opportunity that God brings your way. And that's what it means to be faithful. Faithfulness is getting a firm grip and making the most of the opportunities that God gives us. And when we do that, we advance God's kingdom. But just like batters need good coaching to be better hitters, we need coaching on how we can be faithful in the situation that God has brought to us. So think of this now as like, I'm your batting coach, and I'm going to give you a few tips on how you can be faithful with the responsibilities and opportunities God has given you. So I made an acrostic, a faithful person fires at opportunities. Um, so the word fires is what we're going to look at. We're going to go through each letter. You can kind of follow along on your listening guide too. So the first letter is F, and that's for chooses faith. The first letter is F, which means to choose faith. What this means, what faith means, is it means taking God seriously enough to do what he says and then trust him with the outcome. Just take him seriously, obey him, and then trust God with whatever the outcome is. Being faithful is going to require you to sacrifice for other people all the time. If you're going to be faithful to God, that means that you're going to be sacrificing your needs and wants for someone else's needs and wants. And what you have to do is you have to trust that God is going to take care of you, even when you do that. You have to trust Him to not rip you off. He's going to meet your needs. The first step in being faithful, you have to, be, you have to choose faith. The second letter, I, which is for immediate. This means to obey and don't delay. In the parable of the servant who received five talents, it says he went immediately 
and traded with him. At once, he went and traded with him. He didn't waste any time. Being faithful means that you don't procrastinate. You don't wait until tomorrow. Because when we procrastinate, things start to really pile up. All the things we have to do, it starts to pile up. It adds on more and more of the things we need to do. It's really hard to be faithful when we're in the midst of that pile up. The other thing, too, if we procrastinate, um, we can just miss an opportunity altogether. The other day, I was going to the grocery store just to pick up a few things. Um, I was with my son. And as I was driving up, um, to Ralph's, I noticed um, there was someone that's sitting just to the right of the entrance. Um, and it wasn't the typical person who's asking for money. She was just sitting there. She was clearly sunburned. Um, she had her head down. She had a bike right next to her. And, you know, I just kind of thought, you know, I should, I should talk to her. I should just see what's going on, you know, see how she's doing. But then immediately right after that, I had all these other thoughts. Like, well, you know, it could be really awkward when you have this conversation with her. Or, you know, what are people going to think? about you or you know other thoughts that could have come to mind would have been something like you know oh, I just don't have too time too much I don't have time to do that right now or I'm just too busy to be able to talk to her right now all those thoughts could have come to mind right so I decided you know I'm just not going to talk to her I'm just going to go in so I just went right by her went into the store to get the groceries that I needed and as I was shopping God kind of convicted me he said you know you really should talk to that girl you should just see what was going on so I thought okay well I'm going to commit now okay as soon as I walk out the door I'm going to go talk to her so I decided to do that Checked out of the line, started walking out, and I looked to my left, and she was gone. She had left. It was as if I was standing at home plate, and the ball came right through the strike zone, and I missed it altogether. I didn't even swing at the opportunity. So you have to act with immediacy. You have to act immediately. Faithfulness is immediate. The third letter is R, and this means to take risks. And this one's hard for me, too. Taking risks can be really hard for me. And there's two kinds of, there's two parts of risk that are really helpful to understand. The first one is the outcome. You're not sure what the outcome is going to be. I'm not sure what's going to turn out if we do this. And so I'm risking, you know, you know, the servants had to risk investing their money. It, it may not have worked out. Every situation that they invested in may not have worked out. Um, so you're not sure what the outcome is going to be. The other risk that you take is the risk of wasted effort. You're going to have to put in effort because you're not sure what the outcome is. That means you may waste some effort. You may work really hard on something um, because you're not really sure what, what's going to happen with it. And what this means, this is like um, refusing to swing at the ball because you don't think that pitch is going to be a home run. But you know what? A lot of games are won with base hit after base hit. And really what's required in faithfulness is just being consistent. You know, sometimes you'll get the home run pitches, but a lot of times you're just going to get a base hit pitch, and it really requires you to just be faithful. You're not sure what's going to happen. It's going to require some risk too, but you want to keep consistent. Keep being faithful in the small things. So take a risk. E is for effective and this means to choose wise strategies when you're approaching situations. Producing a result is actually really important. Effort alone is not enough. Um, the servants who doubled their money, they didn't just try really hard. They actually did produce a return. They doubled the investment that they were given. Um, and the way you choose wise strategies, the way that you're effective, and one of the ways you can do that is by asking advice. Ask advice from wise people who have been in situations that you're facing, whether it's parenting, whether it's your job, uh, whatever it is that you're facing, Ask for advice. Learn from people. That's how you can really choose to be effective and be able to produce a return out of what you're doing. The last letter is S. And this stands for start small. And this kind of is the sum of it all. The battle for faithfulness is won and lost in the little things. That's it. Faithfulness is just a battle to be consistent and faithful in the little things that we have. Because we can always convince ourselves that something is small and insignificant. Therefore, I don't need to do it. We can think, oh, it's just a little thing. It's really not that big of a deal. It's just one more quiet time that I need to have. It can wait till tomorrow. 
It's just 15 more minutes of sleep. It's just 30 more minutes of sleep. It's an hour more of sleep. I don't really need that job anyways. You know, whatever it is. (laughs) Start small. Or what about this one? That person probably wouldn't have responded to the gospel anyways. It was just a small offense. That person will get over it. It was just a few dollars. Nobody will notice. And I say these things because I've had these thoughts. I've had these battles that I've had to face. But faithfulness starts small. It takes those small things seriously. So a faithful person, they fire at opportunities that God gives us. The other response, the other response was not faithful. The other servant, he put his talent on the ground. He hid it only to return it back to the master when he returned. And maybe he did this out of fear. That could have been his motive. He was overwhelmed by the aspect of investing that money. He wasn't sure what to do. And so he was afraid to do anything with it. Or maybe it was laziness. Maybe he just refused to work. He didn't want to put in all the hard work that it was going to take in order to produce a return. Or maybe it was pride. Maybe he didn't even know where to start. But rather than asking someone for help, he just decided to hide it away and not doing anything with it rather than getting help so he could really make something out of it. Or maybe it was comparison. He could have thought, it's not fair. Jim got five talents. I only have one. If I had five talents, then man, I would really do something with my life. I'd really do something with this. But because I only have one, you can't do much with one. So I'm just going to bury it away. I'm not going to be able to do anything with it anyways. And if this is your struggle, I struggle with it a lot. You can waste your life wishing that you had the abilities and responsibilities that someone else had. You can waste your life. You can stand there with your eyes fixed on someone else and not even realize that you've been at bat this whole time. Comparison can really rob you of being able to be faithful with God's put in front of you. So you may be thinking now, okay, I get it. You know, I, I understand God wants me to be faithful with what I've been given. But that really sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of work to do that. And I'm lazy busy. I just like to be lazy. I just like to turn on autopilot, not really engage with these things. Why is it worth it? Why is it worth it to me to put in all this effort and work to be faithful? And that's a good question. So let's keep reading and let's find out. So in Matthew 25, verse 19, it says this. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. The answer to that question, what it really comes down to is the reward. Faithfulness is rewarded richly. And there are three ways that faithfulness is really rewarded that we can see uh, from the master's response. The first way is recognition. He tells the servants that you've done a good job. Well done. Good and faithful servant. And we love recognition. We love when we've done something. We want someone to say, good job. Great work. We want that from our boss. We want that from our spouse. We want that from our family and friends. We want them to say, well done. Good and faithful servant. And you know what? What we're talking about here, we're talking about in the context of this, is God saying that to us. And we're talking about the really weighty things, the things that really matter in our life. Like, was I a good husband? Was I a good father? Was I a good employee? Was I a good friend? It was really hard at some times, you know, but did I follow my boss well? Did I do these things well? And what we want to hear is God saying, yes, well done, good and faithful servant. And God is really the only one who can answer that question truthfully. Nobody else can. He knows the motives of our hearts. He knows the situations that we're facing with, that we're faced with day after day. And so if he says, well done, we know that's true. 
We can't even answer that for ourselves. But if God says it's true, then we know, yes, I have done well. And the way that we hear that response is by being faithful by what he gives. The second part of that is this. It's rejoicing with the master. In the parable, it says this. The master invites the servant into his joy. He says, enter into the joy of your master. In the same way, when we're faithful, God brings us into his joy. He brings us to experience more and more of him. Psalm 1611 says this. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. These are the things, true joy, true and lasting and eternal joy is only found in knowing God and walking with him closely and experiencing him in real life. The God we can't see, but we follow with our lives, experiencing him at a deeper level. That is where true joy is found. Choosing comfort, that's the alternative, is choosing to stay comfortable rather than choosing the joy that comes from God. Choosing comfort is like choosing a fast food meal when you have a steak dinner they have to wait a few hours for. Yeah, it'll satisfy you. Yeah, it's pretty good. Similar stuff, you know, it's all right. But in the end, we know how much more greater, how much greater that that steak dinner is going to be, how much more satisfying it'll be. So the reward is worth the wait. The last thing is more responsibility. He rewards a a job well done with even more responsibility. Those who are faithful with a little are given even more. And this is partly why it's so important to be faithful in little things. Because remember, we desire and we crave significance. We want to do something great with our lives. But you know what? The only way that we get the opportunity to do something great is if we're faithful in the little things that God gives us. Otherwise, God's not going to pre- present those opportunities to us. So if you want to, be, you want to make something happen with your life, you want to do something significant, then where it starts is being faithful now. Being faithful in those little things now. And God will give you more and more opportunity to do something great. I mean, you'll prove faithful in those things again. For God, faithfulness in the small things is the prerequisite to greater and greater responsibility. So here's the real question. This is a real question you need to ask yourself is, what reward am I working towards? What reward are you working towards? Is it comfort? Is it not to be hassled? Is it the lazy, busy life? Because those are the rewards that won't last. Choose the reward that comes from God. The one that really does last for all eternity. So I'd like to invite the worship team back to the stage. And as they come up, what I want to do is just take a quick audit of our responsibilities. We've talked about what it's like to be faithful. Um, And there's a space here. You can write some some thoughts down as we talk through these things. But uh, what we've talked about is how to be faithful in your responsibilities. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through maybe some of the responsibilities that you have right now. So I'm going to bring up some roles and just ask you some questions to get your mind thinking about how I can be faithful in the responsibilities that I have. So maybe it's your relationship with God. Have I been prioritizing my relationship with God? Have I been having a quiet time regularly? Have I been spending time with God, reading the Bible, and praying a little bit each day? And this really is the bread and butter. This is where all the energy comes to, for, to do anything else to obey and walk with God. Have I been doing that? Maybe this is, has God been asking me to do something that I've been refusing out of fear or laziness? Maybe if you're a husband, you're a wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or maybe you're just a friend of other people. Am I putting others' goals and interests before my own? Or am I just expecting them to do that for me? Am I holding on to bitterness that I really should forgive of someone else? Is something is my spouse asking me to do something continually that I haven't done? What about that area of life? Or what about your work life? Am I approaching work with faithfulness, doing even the meaningless tasks with diligence? Am I helping out? Am I a team player? Or am I just really looking out for my own interests? Am I difficult to work with? Am I easy to lead or do I make it difficult for my boss to lead me? Or maybe you're a parent. Have I been on autopilot with my kids and not really engaged? Um, or is there some discipline issues that I have, I have decided not to address with my children that I kept been putting off, that I've kept putting off just and by being slack-handed? 
Or maybe it's church. This is another area. Can I volunteer? Can I help out? In the summer, there's definitely needs for volunteers. Maybe I can help out and volunteer in some way. Or another question, this is another opportunity that we all have, is how can I contribute to the building and expansion fund? We're currently raising money to prepare for an opportunity that God may have for a permanent location. So how can I contribute? This is an opportunity that we all get to be a part of. Um, so what would it look like for you to be faithful with that opportunity? And this opportunity in particular, this is directly linked to advancing God's kingdom because this is a tool that we all can use to really help people know God, to, help, to obey God, to help people learn how they can grow in God. This is a tool. And I don't want to be caught with my talent in the sand when I could have used it to help push back the darkness. So what would it look like to be faithful today? And just imagine if we were all faithful together in the small things that we encountered. All of us together in this room, in our church, if we were just faithful with the small things that God put in our way this week, imagine what an impact we could have. We would really make a relationship with Christ look attractive if we all did that together. We could help people come to know Him and walk with Him. So there's a few next steps that you can really apply. It's on the back. So here's the next step. What is one way I can be faithful in my responsibilities this week? We talked through some of those. Maybe what's one way I could be faithful? Second one is this. Commit to buying up an opportunity to serve someone this week. Make that decision now. Just like I should have done when I walked into the grocery store. Commit to making that decision now. So that when it comes, you're ready to take advantage of it. The third one is this. Consider how I can contribute to the building and expansion fund. Well, let's pray. And we'll continue on. God, we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful that you have so much patience and grace with us lazy, busy people. Lord, I'm so grateful that you've had patience with me, that you've um, shown me so much grace, Lord. I'm so grateful that you've invested in me opportunities and responsibilities that I can use for your kingdom. God, I pray, Lord, for, the, for your help to be faithful with those this week. Lord, I pray for all of us in this room. Help us to be faithful in the small things this week. Give us wisdom and clarity to know how we can obey you, how we can honor you, Lord. And we just pray that more people come to know you, Lord. We know that it's for their good, that it's for their benefit, Lord, if they do. They can experience true life that's only found in you, God. And so we just pray, would you help us to be faithful this week, God? Would you be honored by what we do? And we thank you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.